Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Band, a podcast about bands you probably don't even like. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown, Andy Sell, and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Supernova, you fucking coonts. Ya fucking coonts! Am I right? I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Travis Clark. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm Andy. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Hi, Andy. How's it going? I don't know. Just sucking all the joy out of the room. What? As per usual. Yeah. Joy, you can leave now. Joy, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> get it? Get it. Hey. Put a door closing effect there. Can you do that? I will. I will. Okay, yeah. Okay. I uh, Before we get started talking about Oasis. Well, first. Yes, sir. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I, look, I'm not going to answer because I feel like you're only asking so you can tell us how you're doing. So why don't we That's just a different show. That's a different, completely That's a different, different podcast. No, no, no. Wow. no. I'm set, look, I just, I just know that you've got some news that you want to share. I, do I don't want to get in the way of the news. I have very important news that I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of concerned it might. Are you concerned? I'm concerned it might lead to a rupture in relations on this podcast. Uh-oh. Because everyone knows we did uh, Pod the Life last, which was about uh, our previous podcast, which was about corn. And I've been providing listeners with updates about the corn coffee hoodie. Hell yeah. This has been a saga. I ordered, which uh, took, I think, a little over a year to arrive finally. Six months, and, maybe? And maybe a year. God, I can't. I can't. I can't. I place still it. lived. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's been close to a year. Yeah, yeah. but the saga continues. The saga continues because it's actually been purchased by Disney now, and they have a whole <laughs> other version of it. It's yeah. been put. Well, it's been put in the vault. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because after traipsing over to my old apartment to pick up my corn hoodie that was finally delivered, in between that time, I had emailed Cornstimmer Service and was like, "Hey, you sent my shit to the wrong place." Mm-hmm. Uh, can you send me a new one? And in classic corn customer service fashion, it took them weeks <laughs> to reply. Weeks. So long to reply that about two weeks after I actually picked up the corn coffee hoodie, they finally emailed me and said, a new corn coffee hoodie is on the way Fan. to the studio. Fantastic. And here's the thing. There's three of us mm-hmm. and two corn coffee hoodies. Oh, fight to the death. Fight to the death. Yeah. No, you can just have it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that was super easy. Wow. Yeah, yeah that was. That was that I did, pretty yeah. well. What's your... You got a problem, Andy? Yeah, Andy. What's your problem? No, I just... Look, I, I don't want to be... You don't want to be enveloped in corn be, love? In a corn coffee hoodie in I public? <laughs> no, I don't want to be the center of any corn controversy. I don't want to be... Uh, well, you know how you could cornable for any. Here's the thing I I, I forgot to mention. Possibly the most comfortable piece of clothing I've ever. Well, owned. yeah, exactly. And right. I look, I would love that. Here's the thing. Well, you just said you didn't want it. It feels no, like I didn't say I didn't want it. I said you can have it. It feels like the hugs Jonathan Davis never got. True. And you know who loves hugs? A syphilis bear, a syphilis bear, all running around without a care. Just give me a hug, I'll pass along my bug, it's syphilis bear. (laughs) Look, I just, I know you're a coffee guy. I'm not a corn coffee guy. (laughs) No one's a corn coffee guy. 
And that corn I, coffee is the worst coffee you've ever had. If I wear that sweatshirt and go to a, a place I go, I will, I will be shunned by the coffee community. I'll be yeah, shunned. Yeah, but like, don't you think it's the kind of thing you could wear to like the coffee I think you snob? mean you'd be shocked. I would be shocked. Would be shocked. I'd be shocked. Yeah. yeah. Shuck and awe is the name of my uh, it would be a very, campaign. It would be a very detasseling situation. That's going to be the name of my new restaurant. Shuck and awe chili dogs. <laughs> Shucking y'all. Shuck and awe chili and corn Shuckin dogs. Shuck and awe chili um, Go on, Andy. You don't think you could wear that to like a corn or, or not? Sorry. Wow. I've been wow. wearing mine everywhere. You could wear it to a, like a coffee snobs wherever they meet, you know? We meet at roasteries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. Roasteries? Of course. Roasteries, yeah. Uh, okay, sure, it's definitely. time to make fun of Travis. Okay, that's fine. Right. That's fine. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of roasteries have private events where you can go and you know sample new coffees. You can wear that to a roastery. I can't. I can't even say that word. <laughs> roastery? <laughs> You can't. You can wear it to a roastery. Don't you think you, if you wore it to a roastery and all the other people would like see it and be like, "Oh, ha, 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 how droll, Travis." You know, usually <laughs> when we're, I have to. That be is honest, exactly what would happen. Quite often and more than once, I have discussed uh, moon rocks at uh, at roasteries. The <laughs> marijuana dipped no, in keef. The actual pieces of rock from the moon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because Wait, are roasteries, are coffee circles full of moon landing deniers? No, they're full of people who work in, uh, like, work for JPL or NASA. Oh, and, shoot. And study that shit, yeah. That makes sense. I met a guy on a train once who worked for JPL, and we had a real long conversation and uh, about Ray Bradbury in the movie Event Horizon. Sure. And I wonder if, he's, if he goes to your coffee things. I'll, uh... Make sure to just ask that question. <laughs> hey, were you ever on a train talking about Event Horizon and Ray Bradbury? <laughs> Probably him. With a guy that was drunk for sure. So now that we have our... Uh, I feel like I need to finish defending my position. Oh, okay. Which position was it? Of letting you having the hoodie. You're touching I'm me. I'm also putting I mean, I'm face. honestly probably just going to keep them both. Yeah, I mean, oh, let's yeah. be fair. <laughs> yeah. It's really fucking comfortable. I'm also putting my faith in the universe to deliver a third one. I am looking into uh, having Unpops hoodies printed up with that same uh, sweatshirt. Same logo, too? Same color? Like yeah. Everything. Just, it's just going to be Unpops <laughs> corn coffee hoodies, which would actually be pretty fucking good. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I we think could you just should, spell it with C's. Yeah. I, I, I think we should make up a bunch of non-existent corn products and yeah. advertise those on the hoodies. Corn right. corn bail bonds. Yeah. <laughs> corn energy drink needs to be a thing. Corn, corn topless maids. No, yeah. corn bail bonds is great. We'll get you out of jail. Oh, we have fun here. We do. Hey, should we talk about Oasis, though? I think we do should. we have to? Yes, we do. Okay. This is part of the show. And why wouldn't we? They are just a question. the greatest rock and roll band, at least at one point. At one point in the world. They, yeah. Their argument, at least, greatest rock and roll band in the world. And I think, uh, especially at this point in Oasis history that we've reached, <sighs> I think they arguably were the best rock band in the world. For those first two albums... Who was fucking with Oasis? And also, best both on the record and just going through the world being exactly who they are. They were one of the last rock bands in that, like, destroy a hotel room yeah. sense. You can't do that now with social media. No, and also, too, it's like the guys from Coldplay aren't this interesting. Yeah. You know, nobody is going to be this 
fun to, to delve into their weird personal Andy, life. do you want to expand on why PC culture is destroying rock music? Mm-hmm. And Wait, that, so what that, happened? Yeah, and that means uh, uh, pre-Coldplay. <laughs> Pre-Coldplay culture. PC, pre-Coldplay. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Got it, I got it, I got After it. After Coldplay it. came and saved yeah, rock music. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for Coldplay. Oh, mm. well, I, I think I would like to go on record and say that was a joke. I think that thank they, God for Coldplay, but they're fine. You ever had Coldplay coffee? It's just l- lukewarm tea. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Andy? Nothing. I'm good. That's not no. you. You were gonna defend Coldplay. I was there. not going to defend. First of all, okay. You would said, you agree? But, would you agree that they were the biggest rock band in the world? At Oasis. This point? Yeah. Who was bigger in '95, '96? I mean, I maybe the Smashing Pumpkins worldwide. Maybe. I'm mean, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, but even they were kind of on the decline by that point. Oh, they were. They, they, there was that weird movement in rock where it wasn't okay to be a rock band. What? What happened? Oh, thank you, Winter. Oh, was that, uh, yeah. yeah. There was that weird thing in rock music where it wasn't okay to be a rock band, and you had to like record a Casio through like a shitty microphone yeah. and distort it so everything went. And it was like that's the band we are now. Yeah, and you go like, no, you play guitar. That that's your band. Like the. Uh, Adore album is their next is the Smashing Pumpkins next oh. album. But yeah, I guess you could maybe argue Smashing Pumpkins, but I feel like they were all they were all kind of they were they were they were down trending by this. I, point. I mean, I look. I think you're right. Oasis is probably the biggest band, biggest rock and roll band in the world at that time. Because I mean, they would have definitely been bigger than Bush, the president. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and the president yeah. of the United States of America, right? Where where are we in the uh, in the YouTube? Foo Fighters though. Foo Fighters were on. They they had just released their first record, and Color and Shape hadn't come out yet. But uh, wasn't U two doing their giant Europa shit? No, no, that was early nineties. By this point, U two was kind of on a little bit of a hiatus. Well, they were still touring, but they weren't like like ninety six. They toured. Okay, name a mid nineties U two album. Octung Baby. No. That, no, that came out early night. That's like 91. Yeah. Like all these bands that we're mentioning, their peak is like 91 to 93, 94. And then it's Oasis in 95 and R.E.M. R.E.M. put out Monster in, in 2000. I'm sorry, in 95. No, Monster was 94. Do you think R.E.M. would have? I think. Sold out. Yeah, because it's the 25th anniversary of Monster. Two right straight now. nights at a 250,000 venue arena. In 95 or 96? No, because that's when they had all those fucking touring problems. Yeah, like, I, I think just in terms of sheer record set, like, a, you also have to take record sales into account. Like, REM wasn't moving units like Oasis. True. At True this that. point. Like, they have at certain points mm-hmm. in their career, but, like, Automatic for the People was, like, 91, 92. True that. Yeah. Like, there was that big wave of, like, indie rock that just kind of, like, Oasis feels to me like the bridge between grunge and like Green Day or something. I don't know. Ooh, no. Green Day might have been pretty big in ninety. Green Day was pretty big. Five ninety six. They were getting there. Yeah. Well, Dookie had come out, and Insomniac could come out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I don't know. I'll, no, I'll I'll go with your original thesis that the, especially because of what we'll get into the size of the crowds that they were attracting. Yeah. I don't think anybody else could top that at this moment. Yeah, it really is crazy the following like how huge they were in England and they stayed that huge for a long time mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people in the US were kind of under the impression that they like sort of stopped making music 
after Wonderwall. Oh, no, they definitely did not. Which they maybe should. They even argue in this documentary, they argue themselves that they maybe should have. They maybe should have just been like, all right, we're done. Like, we put out mm. two great albums. Let's call it a day. We all hate each other. But they did not. There were so many great British bands from this era that just didn't really make it over yeah. here. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of Britpop bands, I, I, you can't you can't call Radiohead Britpop, can no, you? No, 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 no. They're their own thing. Yeah. So, uh, of those bands, which ones really got huge and stayed that way like blur blur kind of, but blur, blur was never didn't that. even get that big blur I mean, was a one-hit wonder in the u.s to, basically. well i mean yeah, like with song to, number two in yeah. the mainstream yeah. yeah yeah i mean they definitely had their following uh here and Verve, so also a one-hit wonder in the u.s um pulp didn't yeah. really get the verve big. Oh, pulp, pulp didn't get fantastic. that huge cast didn't get big like cast stone roses none of them yeah. oh, what's that band I just used to oasis like a lot. god damn it who's saying all the good good people Anybody remember? Uh, Drive Shaft. Nope. Beatles. <laughs> it's a John Lennon song. You ever heard of him? I think it's the Plastic Ono Band. The Beatles are a pretty good Britpop band. Embrace. Embrace um, was an awesome Britpop band. That's not a real band. It's actually two different bands. It's not. I'm not talking about the uh, Ian MacKay Embrace. I'm talking no, about- No, of course not. No, I'm talking about Come on. Britpop. What do you think me and Andy are? Yeah. Do you think we assumed you were talking about the Ian MacKay? Ian I McCoy. did. I just yeah. always assume that everything tra- comes out of Travis's <laughs> mark is somehow. It's always. So- I just said. I just put the words Clark and Mouth together and yeah. said Mark. Yeah, that's weird. That's not weird at all. Um, <laughs> look, you're always talking about Ian McKay dis- and about Fugazi. Discord. Yeah, and whenever Discord, that's whenever true. you talk, it's always Discord related. That's so. very true. Yeah, none it- of that is a joke. All of that is accurate. So when we last left off in the Oasis story, they were about to record What's the Story, Morning Glory, and they had also just fired Tony McCarroll. Poor Tony. Replaced him with Alan White, and they did that uh, because of What's the Story, Morning Glory, and they didn't trust him to be able to play those songs, which he probably couldn't. No, he was apparently not a great drummer. This album wasn't initially a hit with critics. A, a lot of reviews were like, meh, it's not better than Definitely Maybe. Which, here's the thing. Is it better than Definitely Maybe? I don't think it is. I don't think it's a better album, but I think it's... I think it has higher highs and lower lows. I think for me, it, I I got into Definitely Maybe after this record. So Same. It's yeah. to me, What's the Story of Morning Glory is to me the first oasis record even though it isn't you know and it, it's their yeah. it's their nevermind album for sure yeah right. no absolutely Where, absolutely like if you've listened to enough of their music you're probably going to lean more toward definitely maybe but if you're just a casual music listener like everyone's favorite oasis album is going to be what's the story morning glory yeah because you know almost if not every song on here six fucking singles from this album mm-hmm. wonderwall wasn't even released until the fourth single like, all the really huge singles are the last three. Was Hello a single? Uh, I don't think it was. but I, I don't. It was Roll With It, some yeah. might oh, say. Oh, yeah. Roll With yeah, It was ro- a big song. Yeah. Roll roll With It. Roll With <laughs> Yeah. Hey, partner. Just keep, keep rolling. On, roll With Come It. Come on, partner. Let's, uh, let's see. What were the singles? I just, uh, I just made note of the fact that the last three were the oh my God, big I ones. Some I, might say "Roll with it, Morning Glory." Yeah, some Don't might look say back in it was anger. the first. That's right. Yeah, and so this album took a while to get as huge as it was because some might say "Roll with it" and "Morning Glory" 
are all uh, great songs, although Morning Glory is a blatant ripoff of The One I Love by R.E.M. Ever remember that? Let's listen to a little bit of it. I've listened to it. Because... Uh, <laughs> And everyone, everyone has the song "The One I Love" by REM in their their mind right now, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I mean that, that's just my default state, though. That song is always playing in my mind. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I don't believe you. That's how I. That's how I deal with the world. You know. Well, depending on how well you remember uh, "The One I Love" by REM, uh, is going to play a big part in uh, how similar you find these songs. But this opening guitar riff. Is the opening guitar riff? Let's well, get the helicopters from. Get to the chopper, Oasis. Get to the chopper. I remember the first time I heard this song, and I was like, "Oh, you stole an REM song. That's cool." This guy's stealing a baby. <laughs> Hear that? That yeah. I- are you sure this isn't the REM song? <laughs> it, is, it is an exact fucking, like, it is a blatant ripoff of the one I love by God, I REM. I fucking hate his face. I just got to say, again, my wife Brandy, when I asked her, do you know which Liam or which Gallagher brother is which Gallagher brother? She just goes, I know one of them wears sunglasses. And then every time now, that's what I see. Oh, one sure. of them wears sunglasses. Okay, which one well, is sunglasses? Because one of them has a massive unibrow to hide. <laughs> they both do. And that is both of them. Yes. Uh, Liam. That's Liam with the yeah, glasses. Yeah, that's Liam. Yeah. This is a great fucking song, though. Even if they, they it stole is. the music it from... It is a good song. Is that Ed Asner? This fucking chorus. Ah... Uh, that's Ed Asner. No, that's not Ed no, Asner. No, it's not. It's Ed Asner with a gimp. It's absolutely not Ed Asner. It's definitely Ed Asner. That's a thing we haven't really addressed yet in this podcast. But Ed Asner? Ed Asner. Ed Asner, yeah. <laughs> but as great as Oasis are, they rip off a lot yeah, of songs. I mean, it, oh, for sure. Well, their whole thing was the Beatles at one point. The Beatles' Step Out is basically a Stevie Wonder song that they got sued by Stevie Wonder over uh, I, bet he, I, I bet you he didn't see that coming. Huh? <laughs> Guys? Right? Um, Have you ever seen that video, though, of him on stage? There's this, like, celebrity jam thing. Are you going to do the Stevie Wonder can see thing? No, I'm not going to do the Stevie Wonder can see thing, but there is a video where Paul McCartney walks past him, knocks a microphone stand over, and Stevie Wonder reaches out and grabs it. Because he's fucking daredevil. Okay, but I'm just telling you the video exists. Okay. Guys. Jeez. Stevie Wonderwall. Hey. <laughs> hey there it is. There I don't it get is. it. I, it's it's like his name, but it's also like if you put a wall in front of him. Oh, okay. Because he can't see because he's blind. But uh, the thing about Oasis. Not, I don't, okay. What? Nothing. It's He's behind a wall of, of blindness. Yeah. Wow. 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 It's, a, it's a wonder wall because he wonders what's on the other side. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Also, everyone knows Wonderwall is a George Harrison uh, movie soundtrack from the '60s, right? No, that's not, where that's where the that. the uh, name comes from. I don't remember. I thought it was from Wonder Wheel from the toy. No, George Harrison Wonderwall. Yeah, it's an uh, it's an album called Wonderwall Music mm. by George Harrison. Well, shit! Now that, I want to hear that. I believe what? Yeah, 
from the 1968 film Wonderwall. See, I'm more familiar with George Harrison's uh, soundtrack to Magic the, Christian, the Time Bandits. Oh, oh sure, sure, yeah. sure. The uh, famous Time Bandit yeah. soundtrack. Uh, There's a famous song on that. That's his. It was released nowhere else. You can only find it on the Time Bandit soundtrack. Well, I guess I'm never going to find it then. (laughs) You could find it online. I I mean, if you wanted a copy of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. This album sold 347,000 copies in the first week alone. Fastest selling UK album ever at that point. Faster than their argument? What? Remember the way they. they Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,. Fourth best-selling album of all time in the UK. Second best-selling studio album of all time in the UK. Which, think about that. Like, That's how many crazy. huge fucking bands. Yeah. God. Like, Led Zeppelin. That Like, Led Zeppelin probably is number one, right? Uh, no, I feel like it's probably some weird Christmas album, knowing the UK. The UK loves a Christmas record. Mm, let's see. What's What say you, Google. Queen's greatest hits. Oh sure, ah sure. They were a, they were a singles. Which band which by all. the way, I only play at Christmas, so I feel is is accurate. It's still a Christmas record. Queensmas. Yeah, Queensmas. Merry Queensmas. Andy. Merry Queensmas. Andy. Merry Queensmas. Merry Queensmas. Andy. Don't open this now. Right. That's like yeah. a gift. Yeah. You're supposed to open them on Christmas. Uh, yeah. Day. Yeah. That's all I could come up with right then. That was good. Yeah. Well, and mm, I feel like I got better in me Fat somewhere. Fat bottom bells, you decorate my halls. Right? Oh, that's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Do Should we, like, take a 10-minute break and figure some more of these yeah, out? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> but let's, let's do them out at people. But let's do a bump edit so it just seems like we're really fucking oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. will. Uh, yeah, this album has sold more than 22 million copies. Jesus, that's a whole like that's thriller numbers. I know. And like now with the royalties, if if you'd sold a record like that now, you'd have like at least thirty dollars. Yeah, you'd make like 80 bucks. Yeah, easily. Uh, And like I said, took a while to become as huge as it was because Wonderwall was the fourth single followed by Don't Look Back in Anger as the fifth. Champagne Supernova was six. That's surprising. Yeah, but Don't Look Back in Anger, I think, is the is the best song on that record. Oh, man. No way. No, no. Hmm. It's close. What do you think it is? He's a cast no shadow kind of guy, for sure. Mm. Champagne Supernova's a... Yeah, see, I was going to say, it's either Champagne Supernova or... I just, I really love Hello. Yeah, Hello is good. I really love Hello, and I feel like that should have been the first single. Because then that would have been like the, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah, well, not really. It kind of sounds like a... I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like... it. I'm I'm just surprised that those three songs were the last three singles. It seems like one of those they would have been like, we should put that out first. That'll mm-hmm. be pretty huge. But what if it was truly like marketing genius? Like, let's just put out these first three singles, just kind of get people aware that's yeah. out, and then let's release the fucking big guns at the end and really just drive this to the 22 million worldwide sale. Yeah, and it's probably not a bad tactic because Oasis was already kind of big in the UK by that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So if the album takes off with those first three singles, you know it's just going to keep selling after you release Wonderwall. Yeah. But yeah, also, too, true. like that that album... I'd say more than their other albums really is a singles album. Like there's just almost every track could be I mean, a hit. To that in in that case then don't isn't it kind of, isn't releasing six singles kind of fucking cheating then? Like not if they're I mean? all fucking to good like, singles. To, no. I mean you know I think that I mean I'm not with you on this is like such a great album, but I'm sure that'll come up. Uh You don't you don't like this album? I mean I think it's fine. 
I don't think it's any better than Definitely Maybe. I think it's less consistent than Definitely Maybe. I think that there are songs that are like, obviously Wonderwall, Champagne Supernova are like going to stand out forever. But I feel like it has kind of that nevermind stink to it, where if you're a big Oasis fan, like, or if you've just even listened to their music a little, that album is so big that you're just like, eh. Well, you're a little oversaturated. They've done better. Yeah. And I think definitely maybe is a better album, but. But I, I'll go with the n- not nostalgia factor, but the emotional impact. If this was the the record that got you in, it becomes your favorite record. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, Champagne know. Supernova is the song that got me into Oasis at a time when I was mostly listening to like I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I I only listened to rap and R and B music, but I would hear Champagne Supernova on the radio all the time. And that "Where Were You While We Were Getting High" line just that is such a memorable. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And I remember, even though I didn't, I still didn't listen to rock music at this point, but the first rock album release that I was ever excited about in my life was Be Here Now, which is Oasis' third album. Because Mm -hmm. at that point, I was like, man, I really fucking like these guys. Mm -hmm. And I had heard You Know What I Mean, which is a great fucking song. And uh, I remember being really excited about that album just because of the singles from... Uh, don't look uh, fucking what's the story morning glory I was just so excited at this time when this record came out because I was such a big verve I was an early adopter of verve um, and when <laughs> they had a song dedicated to the genius of Richard Ashcroft I was like these guys fucking get it like I was so excited Richard Ashcroft is the singer of the verve and the song cast no shadow on this record is dedicated to him and how great he is so uh, I think that's just yeah should we yeah. Run through the story of what happened to Richard Ashcroft quick. Sure. What happened? Is he okay? Well, no. The oh. the uh, Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, Jesus thing, Christ. Where they, uh, depending on who you believe. This, everyone's heard Bittersweet Symphony. If you haven't. Yeah, it's a good song. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, and it is a sample from an orchestral cover of Rolling Stones songs. Yeah. of uh, Fuck, I can't remember which one it is. It's... Uh, I want to say you can't always get what you want. It that sounds the, right. The yeah. song yeah. that they sampled. And depending on who you believe, Richard Ashcroft and the Verve, uh, according to the Rolling Stones side of things, cleared a like real small snippet of that right. to use. And then the song comes out, and in the Rolling Stones' defense, it is just a, like, it's a Puff Daddy thing. Like, yeah. Richard Ashcroft is singing over that song but with heavier drums right. under it and so they sued the verve and they were like you get one thousand dollars in royalties from the song end of list and <laughs> we get everything else so the biggest song of that band's career they saw no mm-hmm. money from it and never ever ever will and they got super fucked too because because it was such a huge song play uh advertisers like nike and all these other uh, brands wanted to use it in their commercial and so they came to the Verve and they're like alright we we're going to use your song and they're like yeah we don't want to sell your fucking shoes and they're like actually you don't own the rights to your own music so if you don't <laughs> want to do it we're just going to hire a sound alike and use the music and do over it and they're like fine then just fucking do it if uh, anyone listening to this is unfamiliar yeah, I don't. I don't know how you. I can't. I yeah, be. no one listening to this would be unfamiliar. Yeah, that would be surprising. <laughs> but everyone knows this fucking. It's such a great song, and one of my favorite videos of the '90s too. 
Just Richard Ashcroft walking down the street being a dick. Yep. And by the way, this record is unfucking real. Yeah. And The Verve is a band worth getting into. And they, some, what, what we've talked about with Oasis too, there's this British ethos that not only do you make a good record, but you make a thousand fucking B-sides that are just as good as the record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is an, uh, oh, it's the last time. The last time. Yeah. So that's Bittersweet Symphony. Now, this is what they sampled it from. That doesn't even sound the same. I don't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Do you hear it now? <laughs> so no, appara- <laughs> apparently they were supposed to sample like a snippet of this and they were just like, let's just sing over the whole thing. That'd be much easier. And I've actually, I've, it's by the Andrew Oldham Orchestra. The album is called Rolling Stone Songbook. Fantastic album. This is a cool fucking album. Yeah. It's just a bunch of Rolling Stone songs performed like this and uh, all I hear now is Richard Ashcroft yeah I can't I can't unhear it like they kept that whole string part yeah. and everything but it, yeah there's a song on what's a story morning glory called cast no shadow that is about it's actually about that situation oh I didn't know that yeah well they say it's dedicated to the genius of Richard Ashcroft and to me if you're a genius you would have over you would have thought, oh, maybe don't go after the Rolling Stones. Probably. Yeah. Mm, I think a genius would want you to think that. Oh, interesting. So that you weren't expecting it when they did so you weren't go expecting after the Rolling them. Stones. Oh, my God. He's got you there. No one expects the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's an old Monty Python thing. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I got it. Okay. Uh, the recording process for this album, shockingly easy. Uh, they were. They talk about this in the super. Shockingly easy was not their best record. That was no, <laughs> I, I agree. I one hundred percent agree on that. Uh, at least initially, it took them about a day to record each song. So for like the first two weeks, they would just come in, say, "This is the song we're going to work on," and by the end of the day, that song would be done. Oh man, day per song that makes the invoices pretty tidy. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. When you're making a rock and roll record, you really want to think about the invoices. When you fire off those yeah. invoices to HR at the end of the day when you're recording your rock you don't have, record. Look, you oh don't have to log into your time system. You don't have to account for crew meal or second lunch. You just, you just, it's just one day, one song, boom, done. Right. No fuss, no muss. Round up. You know, guys, when we're done with the podcast, can we have a little brainstorming meeting about our new movie, Rock and Roll HR, where we just talk about <laughs> oh my the God. HR department of rock and roll? Holy shit. Actually, <laughs> it's the HR department for that rock and the, you know, that uh, if there's a rock and roll heaven, you know, they yeah. got a hell of yeah. a band. It's that HR. So like all of the dead rock stars are having to be told, like, look, yeah. we can't have you. Right. And Keith Richards keeps showing up. We're like, not yet. Not dude. yet. No, yeah, you're here. still on earth. We're as surprised as you yeah, are, but you're, not yet. Not yet. Look, there's a timeline here. You're going to be the last living organism. <laughs> and then HR from Bad Brains shows up, and we're like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah, this is awkward. Yeah. You definitely are not allowed in. <laughs> you're crazy. Uh, you're banned in heaven. Travis, do you get it? I did. Because <laughs> the band's up in heaven. Ban- but they're yeah. also banned. 
I don't get it. But also D- banned in D.C.? Okay. Yeah. You got oh, it. Oh, because D. Schneider from Twisted Sister couldn't come to the show. Yes. That's yeah. D.S. That I'm is sorry. why. <laughs> no, D.C. Talk is what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Uh, they are great. Gosh. <laughs> they sure are. Mm. One of the surprising uh takeaways from looking into the recording of this album and just Oasis albums in general, Liam Gallagher great at his fucking job. Uh, that's surprising. Like he seems to be the one in the, st- like in the recording process itself, he seems to be the one who is the least trouble. The thing is I can never tell which one's the evil twin because they always, well, they're both every time either coons. one of them talks i'm like oh you're the shithead and then the other one says something and i'm like no wait you're I'll, the shithead i got I'll, here's the deal Noel's the one with the union jack guitar and liam wears the sunglasses okay but which one of them thought that trashing the hotel room was cool both of them cool? liam. both of them no cuz oh, one no. of them was like that's not cool but then i feel like they Noel flip- is the one who thought that was not cool okay. liam is the one who liam is the one who like he's the the one who does crazy shit Publicly. And which one of them got hammered? Liam the is the one. Liam. Yeah. Okay. Liam, but he also is the one who ran off with Syphilis Bear. A Syphilis Bear. A Syphilis Bear. I'm walking around without a care. Just give me a hug so I can spread my bug. I'm Syphilis Bear. Give him a hug, Andy. Give me a hug. No. Andy, damn it. It's just one hug. It's one hug and one little syphilis. <laughs> I'd like to speak to Travis Syphilis oh, Bear. Is Travis in there? Oh, he had to go get a cup of coffee. Okay, well, you should tell Travis mm-hmm. that we're here to speak with him. Oh, well, I tell you what, you give me a hug, I'll go get him. One that hug. seems fair. That's fair. Come. I do not negotiate. I'm just going to start rubbing your back. With, no. Just lean into I it. I do not. Lean into is, it. No, I'm not okay with oh, this. Oh, yeah. Syphilis Bear. <laughs> kind of violating your space. I would like to speak Syphilis with Travis. Bear. You sure you don't want to speak with HR? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, they they mentioned in the Supersonic documentary that when they would do these songs for What's the Story Morning Glory, Noel would come in and play the song once on an acoustic guitar so Liam would get a sense for how to sing it. Wow. And then he would just go in and do his vocals in, like, one take. Noel would listen to the song and make sure it was okay, and then that would be it. I mean, that right there is just 100% ringing endorsement for getting hit in the head with a hammer. It really is. Right? It 100% is. Ringing. Because <laughs> there would be some ears are ringing. Yeah, yeah. Like forever. Right. <laughs> uh, but also, Liam is still an asshole. Well, that just tracks. And uh, one of the things that happened during the recording of this album, they a rift between Liam and Noel starts to happen. Another one? If you can believe it. That doesn't seem like that would happen. They're they brothers. haven't patched up the last rift. <laughs> or the one before How that. are you getting new rifts in spaces that is only rift? It boggles the mind. There's nothing left to rift. Yeah. Well, in this case... It's I all actually, been rifted! It's all been rift! Sorry. I, I think Liam has kind of a point here. Because what happens during the recording of this album is Noel starts deciding he wants to sing lead a little bit more, which isn't, I mean, that's understand. Like I didn't think, I didn't really think about it until researching this album, but he barely sings on Who does definitely the chorus maybe. on Hey Now. That's Noel, right? Mm, I think Liam yeah, is that's the singer. Liam. It's all Liam. No, hey, but there's hey a- Now is all 
the chorus though sounds like it's not Liam. It sounds like it's someone else. No, you might be thinking of a different song. Maybe I'm thinking of it. Hey a Now song. is definitely Liam Gallagher. Okay. Uh, sing, but what happened during, like it's normal. So Noel wanted to sing more. He wanted to yeah. sing more. And if you think about it, he barely sings on Definitely Maybe. Yeah. Like I don't think there's a song Noel sings lead on, on Definitely Maybe. is Or, or no, wait, there's a, nope. But then, I was thinking Diggsy's Diner, but I think that's Liam too. Noel definitely sings on a song, maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, okay, definitely maybe. But all of these songs later on in in, in Oasis's career, Noel ends up having to sing because Liam like refuses to perform basically, and that's why Liam or why Noel started writing songs for him to sing was Liam already by this point as great as he was in the studio had a habit of kind of flaking on shows. So Noel's like, well, I'm just going to write some sing- some songs that I can sing, too. Mm-hmm. And the rift happens because Noel wanted to sing lead on both Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger. Sure. Uh-huh. The, you mean the hits. The yeah. hits of the hits. Yeah. Which, to, in his defense, if I was Noel Gallagher, I would want to sing lead on both of those songs. I'm not also. Noel Gallagher, and I want to sing lead yeah. on those songs. <laughs> but they end up compromising because Liam does a take of the Wonderwall vocals and just fucking murders it mm-hmm. as he always does in the yeah. studio and also too nothing against noel because i mean his singing doesn't really bother me but that is liam's song like there's you, you absolutely you know. but i also feel the same way about don't look back in anger i can't imagine that chorus not being sung by noel gallagher mm. like liam no noel oh, sings sorry. On, you're right you're right you're right that, yeah, yeah. that's where the the compromise they sang, yeah. settled on was yeah. liam sang wonderwall noel sang don't look back in anger and i cannot picture i'm sure it would sound great but i can't picture liam gallagher singing don't look back in anger now like that is so definitively a noel gallagher song he sings the verse he sings the chorus he sings everything it is funny that the angriest man tells you not to look back in anger right it's yeah. so funny and while he was recording the vocals for that. Yeah. But that's in the song. He's not saying don't look back. I know. Someone is telling him not to look. Back I know. So it kind of, you know, it tracks. but still, the, he, I know. But it just the idea would be like you saying, never mind. I'm not going to do it to you. Don't look no, back. Be like that, was Nirvana, saying, don't that was look a Nirvana album, <laughs> Travis. Never mind. Oh, was it? Yeah. Are you're you getting sure? confused. This I don't is a think so. Podcast. When did they go? Ooh, that was uh, on Bleach. Oh, thank you. The song Bleach <laughs> from the album Bleach <laughs> by the band Bleach. Uh, <laughs> I loved Bleach. They were so good. There's a band called Bleached right now that's really good. They mm-hmm. have a song called yep. Hard to Kill. Yep. Fucking great. Uh, I do love when a, the only example I can think of is the band Big Country. Oh, but man, I fucking love Big Country. They, have, they are a band called Big Country. <laughs> and they have a song called In a Big Country. In, In a, a Big, big country, country from the album... Big country. country. Yeah. I that song that is so fucking it good. It really is. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. So a, a thing happens while Noel is recording the vocals for Don't Look Back in Anger. They had been having this dispute. It's finally settled. Noel is going to sing this song. He goes into the vocal booth to record his vocals. Liam goes to the bar. Sure. Oh, that's a good. That's this. This is going to go fine. It went great. He yeah, comes back happy. from the bar with one a music journalist, but also just a group of like strangers he met at the bar. Because well, yeah, he has to have someone. He has to have an audience for the wrench he's about to throw into the gears. And that wrench he throws into the gears is letting off a fire extinguisher 
Fuck in I the am. studio. There is video of this. Amazing. In the do- I cannot recommend this documentary highly enough. Well, at the end, I'll get to my one gripe about the documentary, but it's it's uh, definitely worth watching. And so he lets off a fire extinguisher, which is a good thing to do around electrical products. Very true. And it's it's the kind that shoots water, too. Oh, he shoots the water one. Yeah, it's not even. I may have allegedly shot one of the powder ones, and uh, that's a bad idea, too. I took the pin out of one once, and it was just. I've used uh, I've used several kinds of fire extinguishers. I've shot <laughs> in my I, in my adventures. I allegedly shot the whole thing once in my old dorm room, and uh, it clogs up the fire, <laughs> the smoke detectors. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the entire building got evacuated. Uh, it was I. I went and hid under a bed. For like a day, because I was so nervous that I was going to be in trouble. How old were you? I was 20. (laughs) You should have been an oasis. (laughs) I was like, did hiding under a bed ever, like, it must have saved your life once if at 20 you're still like, hey, this is is where I go. Yeah, it totally worked. No one looked for me. (laughs) Lesson learned. Yeah, when in doubt, hide under a bed. It's because you didn't bring a music journalist with you when you didn't. Yeah, but I was journaling. Obviously. Yes. We know. Yes. I know. <laughs> so after the fire extinguisher incident, Noel fucking snaps. So because, Noel was, I, that's surprising to me because I figured he would just be fine with this. Well, remember, they're already kind of beefing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Since they were born. Yeah. And so Noel, they're trying to finish this album. And then Liam shows up with this big party, starts wrecking shit. A fight breaks out. Yep. At one point, Noel jumps out of a window yeah, and leaves in a car with Alan White, who had been in the band for two weeks at that point. Oh, my God. I <laughs> What's love that this? like for him? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I want this story from Alan White's perspective. It's one of two things. It's either like, this is the best fucking choice I've ever made, or, oh, fuck, what did I get myself into? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no middle ground. It's the second one. Is in, it? in the documentary, he's like, yeah, I've been in, like, is it over? Like, are we done? All right, I've been in this band two weeks, and this is it? Like, we're just going to quit now? Like, yeah. what the fuck's happening? Also, I love that I Noel- can't even put my notice into HR, because it's been two weeks. <laughs> Noel is like a British Batman, just jumping out of shit, jumping into cars. I love it. So, after this all happens, they shut down the recording for a couple weeks, and they mention in the documentary that any time they've ever had a, a fight or a dispute like this, they just take a break and come back and everyone's fine. Like as if nothing ever happened. Sure. True dysfunctional family at work there. And you this, can't you can't live in the past, Andy. Andy Whoa. Hey, Adam. I'm over Adam. here. Andy, Andy, I'm over here. Adam. Andy is it. the old me. Adam. My stop eyes it. are up here. <laughs> and to your left. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I think I might. Well, he didn't. He was. He was. He didn't want to look back at Andy. That's true. I didn't want to look back <laughs> at Andy. Back at yeah. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> also, too. I don't know if you guys know this. There's a bear going around, and I think no, he there, gave is me not, there is not. There is not. Oh, it does affect. Yeah, the brain it does affect a little. your brain yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That's you're gonna, you're gonna cause a war of the worlds level panic. There's a bear. Listeners. If you see a bear and he seems very huggable, be wary. Yeah. Be wary. Be Barry. <laughs> What's that? It's me, no, Barry, don't. the right. syphilis no, bear. No, no, now he has a fucking name. Yeah, it's Barry. Now we're Barry? proper now. Barry the syphilis huh? bear. Hi, Andy. Did you miss me? I understand you were looking for a hug. Whenever you say Barry, syphilis bear appears. <laughs> 
So what happened this time? When Andy, Oasis what's your favorite comedy on fight? HBO right now? Yeah, what uh, specifically maybe about murderers? Do you have anything like Star- It's Los Spookies, actually. Los Spookies. Oh, anything favorite. else with any former SNL alums that you like mm-hmm. on HBO? Maybe something with Bill Hader? Have you I can't think it? of any comedies. I can definitely think of a drama. It's Barry. Hey, everybody, it's me, Barry the Syphilis Bear. It's Syphilis Bear. I'll go. I knew this is where you were going. This is why. Syphilis for you. You know what we're going to start doing is we're going to start doing this up top so you can just get it out of your system. Oh, and then I'll sprinkle, I'll edit it. Oh, sprinkle yeah. it all we're, perfect. No, throughout. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, when without we're fresh. That. I love that. That's without smart. That. Will you high five Travis for that yeah, good idea? Good idea. I'm dude. not doing that. That's not high five. No. Wow. Why not? No. Jesus. Feels like Oasis in here all of a sudden. Oh, oh God. I'm going to jump out a window. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've been building towards. I mean, it's a one, it's not one that story building. It's I think you'll be fine. Super unimpressive. Just take the door if you want. <laughs> yeah. You could just jump out of, a, out of the window that's already in the wall that we call a door. The Wonder Wall. The Wonder Wall. So when the band got back together after this fight, though, things were different. Because wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm, go on. Are we saying this incident changed everything? Well, briefly. Yeah. Did it change more than one thing? Things were one way. And then they were. And then they were a different way after this. Yes. Because they come back uh, for rehearsals and Paul Gwigsy McGuigan. Is that how you say that? Gwigsy, yeah. Gwigsy, yeah. Okay. Uh, He let the band know. That he could not take it anymore. <laughs> he was tired of being in Oasis and he decided to quit. And being Oasis, they were like, all right, quit. And they replaced him with a guy named Scott McCloud. So when Scott McCloud comes in, does Alan White go, dude? Dude. <laughs> well, you've ever had that job where like you've only been there for a little bit and someone else gets hired oh, yeah, mm-hmm, and they're yeah. like, well, how is this place working? You go, yeah. I, don't, I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. Well, you always need that one. Here's the thing is you always need that one person that's been there forever and has been through there throughout all of the changes and knows how to, you know, work it and is just like, all right, look, this seems like a disaster. Yes. Scott's a dick. Yes. uh, We are being investigated. Yes. Like this, this and this. But here's how you like lay low and just shine through it. This this company, this company doesn't have that employee. (laughs) Just keep your head down. And the thing about Alan White wondering what things were going to be like with the new bass player, Scott McCloud, he didn't have to wonder about that long because Scott McCloud joins the band and in two weeks they have a performance on Letterman Uh-oh. that they're all getting ready for, including Scott McCloud. They fly to the United States, drive to New York. Good. They are preparing for David Letterman and then Scott McCloud quits the band. Wow. They Bef- went well before they play on Letterman? Before they played on Letterman. And this is all in the documentary. Noel asks him why he's leaving. Oh my and god. This oh is a god. quote. I'm just missing my bird. Oh my god, I remember this. And Noel has like the best thing. He's like uh he says something along the lines of you'll have a new girlfriend tonight if you just go on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There are a couple of great quotes from Liam and Noel about this moment in the documentary. Liam's quote, this bird must have been fit as fuck. You know what I mean? Which probably. Uh, and Noel, we must be the biggest fucking cunts in the world. 
I mean, the two things are not mutually exclusive. Both can be true. I think, yeah, I think, well, I think both of those things are probably yeah. very true. I really wish calling attractive women fit birds had kind of jumped the pond and come over to America. We, we just didn't really, yeah, we didn't really get that. We can start doing it. All right. Hey, Adam, uh-huh. you're a fit bird. Hey, thanks. Yeah. You know what you are? What's that? Fit bird. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Andy, call us fit birds. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, lead into it. You are the biggest fucking cunts in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have fun here. We sure do. So they do the Letterman performance as a four piece. Uh, Bonehead played bass. The photographer? No, Bonehead's the second guitar player. Wait, who took the photo in the... the, It was Bonehead's apartment. It was Bonehead's apartment. It was Bonehead's apartment. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the the Bonehead zone. The Bone Zone. Yeah. Yeah. In the Bone Zone, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing about them performing as a four-piece on Letterman. They still sound fucking great. Fuck yeah, they do. Uh, one thing I did uh, come across researching this, is everyone familiar with the Loudness Wars? No. That was an era of music production where people were like, how can we make this sound better? Why didn't Billy Joel reference the Loudness Wars? Because they didn't happen was, until oh, he was yeah, much yeah. later. Much he was later, too busy yeah. not starting fires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the loudness wars were this thing where, uh, like, there's Nirvana reissues where people are like, loudness wars. And what it was was people were like, how can we make these CDs sound better? I have an idea. Turn everything way up. And Oasis. I mean, that sounds like it works. Oasis is actually credited, or I don't know if credited is the right word, blamed for starting that. With definitely maybe and what's the story morning glory? Just making everything super fucking loud? Super fucking loud. And if you think about an Oasis song, like we talked about it on the last album, their songs do. It just sounds like a wall of noise. And there's an old story of Iggy Pop making raw power and him just being like, if it wasn't red and distorting, like it just wasn't loud enough. Right. Yeah. And that became like the industry standard for about 15 years. Uh, that's why I have tinnitus. Got yes. it. Uh, upon returning to London, they had a series of gigs booked at Earl's Court in London, which is a 40,000 seat venue. That's pretty nice. They also had no bass player. That's not good. But Gwigsy came back. Gwigsy came back for the gigsy. <laughs> <laughs> why yes. did he come back? Gwigsy, you were free. You were free, Gwigsy. Uh, he had uh, he had Oasis syndrome, which is like Stockholm syndrome, but there's a lot more. Yeah, his bird must yeah. have. He had Gallagher syndrome. I want, his bird wasn't as fit as he remembered. He no, wait, that's back. a different. That's McLeod. That's McLeod. McLeod. Yeah, McLeod had the fit bird. Gwigsy was like, <laughs> I don't know nothing. They didn't do anything to Gwigsy. He was just like, I'm tired of witnessing. Yeah. this. he was just done. Like he didn't even have to drive someone away after jumping out a window. No. And that guy, that guy just disappears, right? He's just gone. I don't know. He's just, he's still there. Wait, everyone's quitting and I can't keep track. Just like a Game of Thrones thing where I need a chart. <laughs> <laughs> so these uh, gigs at Earl's Court, Gwigsy comes back for him. And the thing about him, if you've never seen Oasis live, head to the YouTubes. You can find both of these Earl's Court shows and they are two of Oasis possibly best performances ever they are and what's interesting in the documentary i i know neither of you have seen oasis live but you've probably seen them performing on television or whatever Mm -hmm. and you know like liam when he's not doing anything he just stands there and like looks out at the crowd 
And he actually explains that in the documentary. It's not him being an asshole. He's like, it just feels like the ultimate version of power to be in this room where everyone's going crazy. The band is doing like they're playing all these loud songs and you're just standing there. You do have the best seat in the fucking house. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you're just taking it all in. You can like, if you say something, the crowd is going to respond. He's like, it's just being in that moment and just standing there and taking it all in. That's pretty fucking cool. It really is. And I, I don't know if these shows were ever released officially, but you can find them both on YouTube and they are fucking great. Uh, but also, as we mentioned, uh, this is around the time where Liam starts getting a reputation for flaking on shows. Yeah, Liam. And he gets like some health issues, too, right? Like he claims he loses his voice. His and voice. Shit. Yeah. And this sets up one of my favorite moments in Oasis history. In Oasis Oasis history, correct. In 95, they go to play MTV Unplugged. Yeah, they do. And Liam, during the rehearsals, shows up wearing the same clothes each three days, progressively drunker and less shaven Mm -hmm. each day. Shows up the third day, sings like two songs, and leaves. At no point is he like, I have to bail on this. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. They find out he's not doing the show when they come out on stage to record the show, that's when they find out Liam is not going to be there. Wow. And all of a sudden, Noel's like, oh, okay, I'm singing lead vocals the entire night, I guess. Is this the show where he's in the audience, though? Yes. <laughs> At one point during the show, what? it is revealed that Liam Gallagher is in the balcony. <laughs> he's drinking. Smoking, oh chain smoking and drinking whiskey. And starts loudly heckling yes. the band. It's amazing. This is, I'll link to this on but you get to a point where it's like, it's the website. I remember this so well. It's amazing. He hadn't turned up and there was rumours that he'd been out drinking for a couple of days. And nobody knew where he was. And about an hour before we were due to go on, he turned up absolutely shit-faced. Good morning, what's up, why? I said, well, look, let's see if you can sing a couple of songs. And he was dreadful. <laughs> Everybody was standing by, so the decision was, let's go ahead and tape the show, and then we'll see what happens after that. As they said, ladies and gentlemen, Oasis, we just walked out, and he wasn't there, and he's just like, I'm, I'm not doing it. So like, thanks a lot. Um, Liam ain't going to be with us tonight because he's got sore throat. We started to do the show, Oasis minus Liam. I remember hearing someone say, Liam's in the house. One of the camera guys pans up, and there's Liam with some champagne. <laughs> oh, my God. He was drinking and just slow and clapping. Once he oh knows God. that the camera... That's the, the, the best part. Back there. He's yes, got a I'm bucket okay head on. in the balcony and not performing today. And then proceeded to heckle his brother and the rest of the band. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I was like, well, thanks. So the least you could do is, you know, is show a bit of support. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. There's something when the songwriter themselves sings it. Maybe he's a little more connected to the song. There was almost this kind of feeling like Noel was enjoying that moment, too, where he had this opportunity to sing his own lyrics. I think I've done a great job, to be honest with you. <laughs> he did, also, if you've director, ever seen yeah, it. I have seen it. It's really great. The first song again. Hey, guys, if you hang tight, we are going to get another song. Just be a couple seconds. And, of course, then Liam comes on and he wants to sing <laughs> after we played for an hour and a half or something. So we just told him. Anyone else talking? <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. 
That is leaveable. Fucking amazing. Uh, <laughs> showing up to a show you're supposed to play to sit in the balcony to heckle the band you're in. While your excuse is sore throat. My throat is too sore to sing, so I'm just going to sc- yell at you. I'm just going to scream at you from the balcony while you're trying to perform. And his wife was next to him, right? The actress from... Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Before, well, there's there's a plot twist in that story, too. Big, big plot yeah. twist. Uh, but this album, like, just as they're, like, all these rumors of them maybe breaking up start circulating, Wonderwall comes out as a single, and that changes everything. Things were one uh, way. Things were one way. Mm-hmm. Uh they win a bunch of Brit Awards. Liam wipes his ass with one Amazing. on live television. And he doesn't, like, he stands in front of the stage and bends over and does it very, because, uh, like, my... Bare, bare bottom, or does he just... No, kinda, okay. not bare bottom, but... Uh, <laughs> bare bottom, Liam, you make the British Awards. Oh, did somebody say bear? Yeah. Hi. It's been amended. If you say bear, he shows yeah, up too. Yeah, close enough to Barry, which is me, Barry the Syphilis Bear. <laughs> Hi, Andy. Andy, I'm going to make you love me, and I'm going to give you syphilis. That's, no, neither of those are okay. Both are true. Both are facts. You just have to lean into the facts. Syphilis Bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in addition to Liam wiping his ass with one of the war- awards on live television, in a post-show interview, they asked Noel Gallagher, how he felt about winning all these Brit awards. And he said, we don't care about awards handed out by corporate pigs. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. I am into that. Uh, they also, <laughs> the band unsurprisingly super duper embraced drugs around this time, like very publicly pro cocaine in several interviews. Wow. And that turns into a thing. Also they're, they're pro cane. Procaine, yeah. hell yeah. Hell yeah. Something I predicted. Procaine and procaine accessories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. Uh, something I predicted would happen when we talked about the recording process for Supersonic. Sure enough, around this time, Tony McCarroll shows up and files a lawsuit for past songwriting. I fucking what did would. he write? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, again, that we talked about Supersonic. And that, the drum part that was like, here's an easy exercise. But if you write a drum part, you get credit but for it. But he didn't write it. Somebody told him just do this. But he still but played it. No, they said go out and play drums. And he started playing that. Oh. And that turns into, that becomes the jam that turns into Supersonic. Like one day I will sue both you and Adam for the rights to syphilis bear. Like, sure. That's uh, you happen. can have those rights. I want oh, nothing to do oh, with them. Not without a fight. Oh, fuck. I want nothing to do with them. Mm, damn it. I'll make sure you're covered, Andy. Yeah. Don't you worry. No, no, I'm I'll make good. sure your name's yeah. Look, I'm good. I'll make sure your name's yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah, and especially with syphilis bear, you want to make sure you have coverage. So, <laughs> uh, one thing that uh, they, they talk about in the documentary that I thought was really interesting they do this huge stadium show in Glasgow and Glasgow, 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 Glasgow. And it's a, a huge success. It sells out. Uh, they have this big after party. Everyone's having a good time. And then their dad shows up. Ah, shit. I'm sure it went well because they're a well-adjusted family who all care for one another. Wait, they have a good relationship with their father, right? Like, like it's totally healthy. The guy that beat music into Noel. Yeah, they love him. <laughs> And apparently they hadn't seen him for a long time at this point. And there's video of this in the documentary, too. 
And Liam, as soon as he sees his dad, the look on his face is like, I'm going to murder that person who just walked into the room. And Noel goes into like protective big brother mode and just refuses to let Liam talk to his dad at all. So there's video of them just sitting in the corner at this bar and their dad is clearly there. And they're just like, nope, we're not. You don't even get to talk to us. Wow. And this turns into a big media circus where their dad like plays the victim like, oh, I, j- I want to come see my sons and they just won't let me. And the Gallagher brothers are being kind of negatively portrayed. Oh, they're being gaslit. Really? This. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because they're like, they're these big stars and now they're being portrayed as like, oh, you're too good for your own dad. Yeah. And it's like their dad was an abusive fuck and yeah. they have every right to separate themselves from him if they want to. And what's really crazy is at some point someone manages to like basically trick Liam Gallagher into taking a phone call from his dad. What? And they were not only did they record it, but because England is an especially gross fucking place when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah, they have weird laws about this kind of shit. The tabloid news of the world set up a toll free number. So people could call in and hear Liam Gallagher's first phone call with his dad. Wait, if it's toll free, what's the fucking point of this? Just so they could. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's it, it, like they're not trying to make a profit. They just want to be evil. And there was no Internet back then for them. I mean, the Internet existed, but you couldn't just say, check it out on YouTube. Right. It would take you like seven days to download a phone call. But YouTube exists now. So uh, I'm kind of surprised nobody set up like a toll free uh, party hotline, like a party line where you could call and it would automatically call both Liam and Liam and his father at the same time so that you would just be in a conference call with them. That would be cool. No, it would be terrible. No, it'd be great. I'll do it now. So here is it's only 16 seconds long. And Jesus, he looks just like his dad. This phone call is quintessential Liam Gallagher. Let's listen. So if anyone couldn't make it out, his dad basically said, oh, I'm here for the concert, but I can't get tickets. And Liam says, you're not going to get fucking tickets. And if I see you in the hotel, your legs are going to get broken. And he went, what for? (laughs) And and then Liam hangs up. (laughs) What for? You know, for uh, free. (laughs) Toll free. I just realized something. So uh, Liam's the one who got hit in the head with a hammer, right? That made correct music happen for him. And uh, that means that all of the famous Gallagher's in the world stop. owe their careers no, to Hammers. Stop it. Stop it. Hammers are an important part of the Gallagher transition into pop culture. Correct. Emmy Rossum was also beaten with a hammer before she starred in Shameless. And her last name is Gallagher on that show. It's, yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's not true. And oh, Peter's like, wait. William H. Yeah. Macy was. Yeah. And Peter Gallagher. Well, the the H in William H Macy does stand, stand for, for hammer. hammer. It is yeah, hammer. yeah, that's hammer. true. I do love that the Gallagher family on Shameless are absolutely named after these guys. These guys, yeah. the 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 littlest kid, the the black kid, is named Liam, Liam. Gallagher, which and is hilarious. I just restarted, uh, or I just started watching Shameless again from the beginning. And in the pilot episode, someone's wearing an Oasis T shirt, and they like really go in perfect on it. Uh. So the last thing I want to talk about is just 
how fucking huge Oasis was at this point. When we talk about them being the biggest rock band in the world, uh, I mentioned that they booked two shows at a venue called Nebworth. Capacity, 250,000 people. Fuck off. That's a lot of people. I wouldn't want to go to a show like that. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. my anxiety is acting up just looking at this number. If you look at video of it, it looks like they're at Woodstock or something. Like, there's just people for as far as the eye can see. And they talk about how they sold out these two shows right away. And people were like, should we maybe do four? And they backed off thinking like, all right, well, we're big, but we're not going to sell out four shows in a row. And as it turns out, they could have done seven nights at Nebworth and sold out every fucking night. That's almost two million people. Well, that's the whole thing. 4% of the UK population applied for tickets, which broke down to about 2.5 million people at the time. And this was two and a half years into them being a band. Like they go from, no one's talking about us at all to this in the span of two and a half years. Well, things were one way. Right. And then um, Nebworth happens. Nebworth happens. But it's also like, why? Because UK, the the, the Brits have this incredible thing of like when they, they become very fervent fans very quickly, but then they also kind of dissipate and then you're just kind of left with the core people. And in terms of music, like what's the big difference between Oasis and Nirvana? Like you say, why were they selling? Like, why did Nirvana sell the way they did? Nirvana did the exact same thing Oasis did, which is rip off a lot of songs and present them as their own. And the world went fucking crazy for it. Oasis did absolutely nothing different than Nirvana. Yeah. They're just the hometown heroes. Yeah. They're just, they're like, they're a UK version of Nirvana, especially in terms of impact on Brit pop and, I don't know. Like, I can see it. They sold Mm -hmm. the Noel Gallagher said this was the last great gathering of the people before the Internet took over. Mm, Obviously, Noel Gallagher wasn't around for the 2016 Chicago Cubs World Series victory party. Well, the Internet had taken over by then. I know. I'm just I don't want to harp on it. I don't want to harp on it. Okay, I'm going to harp. I'm sorry that I harped. So wait, but that was. Where, where were you when the Cubs won the World Series? uh, I don't know. I was getting high. Yeah. (laughs) I was on a tour bus. I was in Minnesota. I was at the Prairie Dog in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was on Portugal the Man's tour bus in Birmingham, Alabama. I don't even know when this was, so I don't know. Two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I don't know where I was. Uh, but Noel Gallagher also says in this documentary that these shows felt like I was at the Burbank Coffee Comedy Festival. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I know. Uh, he he feels like he said he felt <laughs> like they were the end of something and like something died that night and. In the Supersonic documentary, Noel and Bonehead both say the band should have quit after these shows. Liam does not. Liam was adamantly opposed to them quitting. Well, he didn't but he have already quit. anything else. He quit yeah. already. <laughs> they had both quit so many times, but they didn't give up. And when I said we'd, when we got to the end, I'd, I'd share my one gripe with the Supersonic documentary. It ends here. Oh. Oh, wow. Over the court, like they spend two hours just covering... Definitely, maybe, and what's the story, Morning Glory. And then the documentary ends, and there is so much more Oasis <laughs> craziness to be had after yeah. that point. Yeah, especially especially with Liam. Especially with Liam. The f- I don't know if we'll get to it on this season, but the fight that ultimately breaks Oasis up 
is a fucking doozy. Question. If I already hate Liam, am I going to hate him more? No, you're going to feel a lot of empathy for him in one story, for sure. Okay. It's pretty fucked up. But you then, hate Liam? I don't hate Liam. I kind of Le- do. I, I don't hate do. Liam Gallagher. Like, he's... <clears throat> you have to think about... I mean, look, I get where he comes from with this... Yeah, you've been you hitting know, that with a hammer. You, you get was, it. He, he's got this, you know, obviously, like, there was untreated uh, traumatic brain injury involved. He also, like, you know, was brought up rough, had a, you know, a, 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 a scary childhood. Who hasn't talked to their father on the phone and said they'll break their legs and had it recorded and released on a toll-free number? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's an asshole, but... It's I, just a way of, like, this... He's, like, the, it's the angry young man thing. It's the, like, we get it, but, like, also, dude, like, work on yourself. You talk can't to tell somebody, somebody who two years talk into acting to this way got to sell out two hundred fifty thousand. Use your fo- behavior with this. Shit. No, but you're rewarded for it, so there's no reason to work on yourself. Well, he's that's the problem this with way, celebrity culture, in and general. he's going from being uh, the combative fucking weirdo to selling out a two hundred fifty thousand seat arena. There's no reason to work on yourself mm-hmm. at that point. Well, that's why nobody should be famous before they're forty. I don't think anybody should be. <laughs> I don't think anyone should be famous. Well, yeah, yeah. Nobody should be famous, really, honestly. Except you. No, Andy. please. I can't handle it. I think it'd be amazing. Oh, my God. Walking yeah, no. around, handing out stuffed no. syphilis bears to people. What? Listen to Why is that? No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, hand out little stuffed animals of me. Every, every time you see Andy, just go up to him and be like, syphilis bear, bro, and give him a hug, and he'll hand you a stuffed oh, syphilis my, bear. Oh, my. If you yeah. do that, I will. You'll get your fucking legs broke, mate. And don't worry. He might have Why? them, like, in his... <laughs> I don't know. I just what, what for? <laughs> he might just have them in his car, so if it looks yeah. like he doesn't have a supply of syphilis bears on him... Follow him. Just hug him anyway, yeah. and he'll head out to his car. This is irresponsible. Follow him to his right car now. and just say, where's my bear, bro? Yeah. This is... You're communicating a threat. Just sing syphilis. You're violating the terms and service of Andy without a care. And you're going to give me a HR. So I can spread my bug. I'm syphilis. You're both getting your Andy accounts suspended. (laughs) Andy. Andy. Andy, why are you going to be that way to that sweet bear? That sweet bear just wants to hug you. That bear is your father. Hey, Andy, it's me, Barry the Syphilis Bear, a.k.a. your dad. Twist. (laughs) Twist. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That was a real twist. Twist. No one saw that coming. No. No. No, Real twist. So that's our episode. Next time we're going to talk about the chaos and controversy surrounding Controversy. The Be Here Now album, which is... An album of 12 songs that feels like 28 songs. Mm, it is a long record. It is a cocaine album. <laughs> like it is the definition of a band getting in a room, taking too much coke and having no one to tell them to stop. I don't think there's a song on Be Here Now that's less than six minutes long. You feel like they'd be shorter if it's cocaine fueled. They are all massively long. <laughs> It's 12 songs, and it takes about four hours to get through them all. Mm. But there's a lot of good, like, some of their biggest songs are on that album. Uh, all Around the World mm-hmm. is on that album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget. There's there's a couple more. Do you know what I mean is one of my favorite Oasis songs. And that's an early 2000s record, isn't it? Or am I wrong? No, no it was late, 96, late 97, <laughs> okay. something like that. Yeah. It was their third album. Uh, 
massive disappointment, but I like it a lot. It sold a shit ton of copies. It was no significant other. Correct. <laughs> it's no chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. I mean, it genuinely is no uh, issues. Ah, true. Wait, is issues the one I like? I don't know. There's nothing to like with that band. Oh, come on. Issues and Untouchables are the two that people seem to like the most. Which one was after Follow the Leader? Issues. That's Issues. Okay, yeah, yeah that's that's the good one. Let's talk about the issues. <laughs> Let's focus on the issues. Focus on the issues. So that's our episode. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? Patreon.com slash Unpops. Although if you're listening to this, you're probably already hearing it. But yeah. maybe maybe you're listening to this when it's eventually out for free or for sale. We'll see. We'll see. We need to make money on these. Please. So, uh... That's all I got to plug. Oh, you can go to syphilisbear.org. Uh, we're an uh, outreach program trying to spread bears and syphilis to yeah. Andes of the world. Find out where yeah. you can get syphilis. Check yeah. out syphilisbear.org. This is not a legit organization. This is not a real organization. I mean, oh, no, it's, it's for sure. Got yeah. .org at the yeah, end of the website. .org, yeah. So, so, yeah. Oh, I, I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah. 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 I didn't hear that part because yeah. there was just screaming inside my head. It's like how <laughs> .com is short for company. That's true. And .org is uh, short for .organism, which is what syphilis is. Yes. Yeah. Andy, do you have anything to plug? Look, I just want to say congratulations to the Washington Nationals on their World Series win, and in especially would like to focus on former Cedar Rapids Colonels uh, Patrick Corbin and Howie Kendrick. Good job, guys. Yeah, good job keeping the Tecate curse going. The Dodgers are <laughs> never going to win another World Series thanks to the Tecate curse. Ask me about it when you see me on the street. Remember where you are so you can remember where you are. Did you hear that thing? That's great. What's happening? When the, there was a sports announcer trying to make a thing during that game, oh. he said, remember where you are so you can remember where you are. It's really fucking funny. Nice. <laughs> Take it easy. You're not the Cubs. No one's going to remember you won a World Series. Wow. The Nationals. I mean, they had a pretty good narrative going. Like, I don't know, you know anything about sports, but did they used to be the Expos? Is that they sure did. Yeah, they okay. were the Montreal right. Expos. They didn't, you know, uh, who won a World Series in what, the 20s? No, the Montreal Expos never won a sorry, World Series. Sorry, sorry. No, the Washington Senators right. won a the World Series. The, the two 20s. times the Expos came closest yeah. to going to the World Series, both seasons were cut short by a strike. Yeah, and then and then in this season, it's like the, after they lose Bryce Harper, when everyone's like, "Well, the Nationals are going to be bogus now." Yeah, uh, and then they, they all these games, and they won eighteen of their last twenty games to finish the season. Yeah, and every postseason series they had went to a elimination game. Elimination, and then in the World Series itself, a home team never won a game. Yeah, it's I mean it's just it's crazy. It's weird. Yeah, Andy. That's not Andy. I mean. Oh, you're Andy. Yeah. Get Travis. Away. This is the yes, second sir. time. Trandy. Do you Trandy. have anything to plug? Wow. Uh, just the syphilispare.org. That's it. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, new episodes of Ghoul School on the way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There's one up now. There's one up now. I still got to put it up. I'm, I'm, I'll have to show you how to upload. Yeah, I don't. Not I, made a free time, pal. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Travis, say goodbye. Well, I'll say goodbye for Travis. It's me, Barry the Syphilis Bear, saying bye-bye. Andy, say goodbye to Syphilis Bear. No. Please. I'm going to say goodbye to our listeners who are real people. With Syphilis Bear, are you listening? I am listening. I listen and to every that episode. can be related to. Goodbye, listeners. You are great, and I love you. Listen, Andy, I know you don't want to hug me, but I've been a fan from the get, so <laughs> I'm here for you. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye-bye. You're not real. Really.